freedom, man. That's what it's all about. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is Happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, of course, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, December 18th, 2011. We have an information-packed show here for you today on What on Earth is Happening. And uh, this is going to be the last uh, What on Earth is Happening broadcast for this year, for 2011. Uh, Next Sunday is, of course, uh, Christmas, and the following Sunday is New Year's Day. So I'm going to put the show on on replay for those two days because uh, most... Most folks will be, of course, spending time with their families during that time. And it's, uh, it's actually a good thing because it's a time of – that we could use this time for reflection at the end of the year and really focus our attention inward upon ourselves and ask ourselves if we're truly doing what is necessary and required to build a world of true freedom. So uh, over the next two weeks, I'll play a couple of good replay shows, and then we'll come in strong for the year 2012, uh, supposedly a year of awakening, as they say, as it is prophesied to be. Some people look at it as a, a prophesied destruction period, but uh, I believe that that is firmly in our hands, and that is up to us, and that is up to whether we come out of cognitive dissonance as a people and stop lying to ourselves, which is really what this show that I'm going to do today is going to be about. We're going to continue talking about worldview healing as one of our primary methods of uh, engaging in solutions-oriented approaches when it comes to consciousness, and uh, we're going to continue to focus on worldview healing, specifically the aspect of uh, really looking inward and stop lying to yourself about the great slavery religions, as I call them, money and authority. So that's coming up on the show today. Uh, I do have one quick event announcement. On Wednesday, December 28th, 2011, right here in Philadelphia at Media Bureau Studios, 725 North 4th Street, that's the corner of 4th and Brown in the Northern Liberty section of the city. Uh, as part of a group that I work with, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, uh, a great group of activists in the Philadelphia area, I will be screening the documentary 
movie, Thrive, What on Earth Will It Take? This is at 7.15 p.m. at Media Bureau, Wednesday, December 28th, 2011. So I'll be talking a little bit about the Thrive documentary today and what my take on it has been because a lot of people are speculating about this movie and trying to discredit it in many ways. So uh, as part of the discussion on worldview, I will be getting into what I think of the documentary film Thrive today. So that's coming up on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us, folks. You won't want to miss this one. We're going to be continuing to cover the topic of worldview healing. I'm Mark Passio. This is What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back after these words. Okay, welcome back everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. For those who want to follow along with the associated images that go along with the concepts and ideas I'm going to be discussing here on the show today, go to whatonearthishappening.com, click on the radio show tab, and underneath the player for the show, you'll see images for today's show. I got these up kind of late today, so if you don't see them, just refresh the page. Uh, and there are nine images there that you can click on, nine uh, numbered links that you can click on that will bring up a mini slideshow and you could follow along with the images. So, um, I want to give the call-in numbers before we get started on the topic for today. And uh, you can feel free to call in at any time. I will attempt to watch the um, switchboard and take some calls today. Uh, we haven't gotten to a lot of calls recently, so hopefully uh, some people will call in and chime in on the concept of worldview healing and worldview in general. The call-in number for the show is 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. We're talking today about worldview healing. And this is the topic that I introduced last week as the primary uh, practical solution for change in consciousness, for positive change in consciousness, which I listed 10 methods which we're going to tackle in order over the next many weeks here on What on Earth is Happening. So the first we looked into last week is worldview healing, and today isn't going to be so much uh, a whole lot of new information as it is going to be a review of what worldview healing is all about and how to really go about making that happen in our lives. And it's really the apophatic path. I said that at the beginning of last week's show and touched briefly upon it at the end, but it can't, cannot be overemphasized how much worldview healing is not really about taking a whole lot of new things into oneself as much as it is about letting go of things that do not serve us as a species, do not serve us as individuals at all. Because they are illusory, they are based in fear, they are primarily flawed fundamental axioms of belief that we need to shed, 
that we need to remove like veils that are obscuring our eyes from the light. This is the apophatic method of awakening. Okay, we looked into the concept of what apophasis is. That's spelled A-P-O-P-H-A-S-I-S, apophasis. You can go back into the shows where we covered natural law, which is where I introduced this concept of apophasis to understand what apophasis actually is and how we can employ it in our lives. It is one of the most powerful methods for awakening ourselves and helping others to awaken because it shows us that, again, and I've said this a countless number of times, it is so much more about what we have to stop doing and believing in than it is what we need to actually do and to put into action and to accept anything new. We are addicted to erroneous belief systems, okay? And we're addicted to the concept that things have always simply been this way and there's no choice in the matter, that it's just... An, an endless program that is running and it's always going to be this way when that is simply not true. That axiom itself is untrue. Change is possible because we are the ones who are holding this system up through our beliefs in its primary tenets, which are money and authority. What I call the great religions of universal slavery the great slave religions. That's what these are. These are two completely illusory, erroneous ideas that crept their way into the the construct of the human mind and set themselves up as viruses. And people continue to go along with these belief systems, with these religions, which is what they are. That's why I say religion is the father of all mind control. It is the father of all slavery. A belief system for which one has no actual evidentiary basis, just blindly accepts because it was told to them. And, and they accept it on just on its face, Okay. Prima facie acceptance. Well, that person said that, they're a perceived authority figure and therefore it must be true. An acceptance of a claim. We're going to talk about that a lot today. How these things are claims and then other people simply accept the claim that is made that is erroneous to begin with. Okay? So we looked last week at worldview healing. I That's slide number one, if you're following along with the slides. And... We talked about how what this basically is, is changing how we perceive ourselves and others in this world, our relationships to each other. And that's a very difficult thing to do because these are concretized belief systems in some cases in people. And no matter how much they suffer, they want to hold on to the way they see the world because it's all they know. And that's really going to bring more and more suffering to them until their ego caves in finally, if it does within their current lifetime, and they have deemed that they have suffered enough, and finally they let go of their preconceived notions and their erroneous beliefs and say, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to accept truth because I want to now go off on a a seeking of the truth, on a search for truth, and the subsequent discovery thereof. It's not about believing anything. It's about searching for truth and discovering that which is. And again, this goes back to the idea, if you don't believe there's any such thing as truth, if you don't think truth exists, you're doomed from the beginning 
because that means you're a solipsist and you think that it is only perception that governs this reality and nothing could be farther from the truth. There are laws that govern this reality. And we talked about that in the section on natural law. So if you're new to this and these ideas sound like, you know, they're too difficult for you to grasp just, you know, based on what I'm saying here today, you have to understand that this knowledge is based upon prerequisite information that you can get by going back to the earlier podcasts and listening from the beginning. When people tell me where should I start with this information, I say jumping in at podcast number 80 or 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 uh, you know, 85 is probably not going to be the best thing to do for you. You need to go back and listen from number one. Start at the beginning. That's the best place to start because these are building blocks and the, the top portions of these floors rest upon the foundations that are at the, the bottom level. So this is a tapestry and it's actually a linear tapestry that's being woven. And, you know, it's not saying you wouldn't get anything valuable from listening, you know, at this point, but you would, it would really, really bring so much more value and make a whole lot more sense if you had the prerequisite knowledge that is in the former podcasts. So I recommend that for listeners that may be new to this show. Moving on to image number two, I break down the word diagnosis and what diagnosis really is, which is really what worldview healing is all about. It's taking an honest look at ourselves and then making an accurate diagnosis about the fundamental causal nature of the problems that we are experiencing as a people. So we'll look at diagnosis on the other side of this break. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. We're back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today on the show, we're talking about, continuing to talk about worldview healing as one of the primary solutions-oriented approaches toward healing in consciousness and affecting true positive change in our world. We talked about this concept as being related to shamanism, being a form of shamanism, one of the techniques of shamanism, I guess you could say. Uh, on the last show, and part of this is making an accurate diagnosis about what the actual causal natures of the problems that we are experiencing are, and then how to go about um, changing them, how to go about fixing them. So uh, slide number two shows uh, what a diagnosis is, and of course, we look at the language that it is derived from, which is Greek, but the uh, image there is kind of like a piece of dark humor, a snarky image about uh, a doctor uh, taking a look at a patient and saying that he's done a thorough examination and it is safe to say that it, there is absolutely no sign of goodness in the patient. Uh, I came across this searching for uh, some images on diagnosis and thought that it was kind of uh, appropriate in a, in a dark uh, kind of humorous way. But um, I think there is really good in our species. That's the whole point of this is to show that, you know, if our worldview is that we are not really good and that we are fundamentally flawed, we talked about this last week, uh, we're not going to really be able to see the solution. We're going to think that it is just eternally hopeless and that people are just fundamentally flawed from, it, from the inception. 
and if we hold that view and really believe in that view, then uh, we're going to ultimately fall into the next aspect of dark worldview, which is believing that change is not possible. So this is kind of what the dark occultists want, how they want us to think, that there's no good in others, okay, that there is, um, that we're fundamentally flawed. And in thinking that way, we'll abandon hope and we will not actually try to get to the causal factors, try to get to an understanding of the causal factors so that we can affect uh, a, a change from the causal level, which is what making a diagnosis is all about. More than this, it shows that the the real way to affect change is not by ignoring the negative. You have to look at the problem, most of all in yourself, which ties into the thing that I really want to talk about today, which is <clears throat> lying to yourself, the concept of cognitive dissonance, which is the first method of getting out of a dark worldview is stop lying to yourself. If you continue to do this, you're not really initiating yourself onto the path of truth. You're not really initiating yourself onto the path of the stellar man, as it is called in the mystery traditions, specifically the hermetic mystery tradition. And that's really what we're talking about, is setting off on a path of spiritual discovery. And diagnosis is something that allows us to look at the problem and not flinch in fear. Because we're using a method of inquiry that is based in knowledge. And again, the apophatic inquiry is extremely powerful in this because what you're really trying to find out is what should not be there. What needs to be removed? What is creating the problem or the imbalance? And then work on removing that. Okay, if there's a lack of something that does need to be there, then you need to put that thing there. Like in the case of malnutrition, if you're not getting enough nutrient density, you need to put it there. But I don't care how much nutrient density is there. If you're continuing to put poisons in and you're not working on removing those poisons, you're going to get sick. The same goes with belief systems. If you're continuously putting fundamentally poisonous beliefs into the mind, the mind's going to be sick no matter how much positive information you're exposed to. And that's what's going on today. We're drowning in a sea of poison worldview. So many people are pumping out poisonous and erroneous notions because they think that they're the arbiter of the truth. And that they can make up what reality is. Instead of actually trying to discover what is true, they think that they can state that the universe is a certain way and that makes it so. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. People who think that they're the arbiter of truth, okay, which is another extremely poisoned worldview. And it's it, as poisonous to accept their claims. So part of worldview healing is... Stop believing in erroneous claims that have no basis in fact. And we can only do that if we understand what is true and what is not true. The getting to the idea, to getting to the understanding of the difference between truth and fantasy. Okay? And again, part of this is a diagnosis of what the problems are. And dia which is the first part of the word diagnosis, D-I-A, in Greek, 
Delta, Iota, Alpha, means through or by way of. Okay? And then Gnosis, G-N-O-I-S in English, that's Gamma, Nu, um, Omega, Sigma, Iota, Sigma in Greek, means knowledge. So when we put these two Greek words together, dia and gnosis, we get through knowledge or by way of knowledge. That is how we acquire the solution because we have acquired understanding of what the fundamental nature of the problem is. And again, on day one, I quoted from uh, Mark Phillips, who had that great quote in Transformation of America, that the way to solve problems is by acquiring as much information about the nature of the problem as possible. I apologize, folks. My internet connection seems to have dropped out there. I think I'm back online. So uh, I was talking about um, rising up above the plane of effects of manifestation, getting to the level of causes, treating the problem from there. Because if the mind is where the, the cause is being generated, okay, and then that's going into manifestation through our actions and creating the world in which we live in, we can't ever treat the problem by uh, in the realm of, of effects. We have to get to the plane of causes to fix it. We'll be right back, folks. Okay, we're back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. I apologize for the uh, technical problem in the last segment. Hopefully, uh, the connection will be rock solid from here on out. So, we're talking about diagnosis, how to make an accurate diagnosis. And uh, really, this starts with being honest with oneself, which is why the very, very first method of initiation, which I'm going to cover some of those methods, recover them again in... Uh, when we get to slide number three is um, stop lying to yourself because if you continue to lie to yourself and exist in a state of cognitive dissonance, okay, existing in a perpetual dreamland within your own mind, believing yourself to be the arbiter of truth versus a seeker of truth, then um, you're never going to get to the causal factors that are creating the problems in your life or, or in the world. Okay, so when we look at the doctor-patient relationship here on slide number two uh, in reference to the word diagnosis, we have to understand that we are both of those characters. We are the patient and the doctor, okay? We have to make the diagnosis about what the imbalances within ourself ultimately are and do them in an honest way, which is very difficult to do to see the lowercase s self objectively. We have to make a fundamental shift from seeing ourselves the way we usually see ourselves to seeing ourselves from a higher level perspective, the perspective of the higher self. And that's a fundamental shift in worldview, in perspective, in how we see through the lenses that we see through. And ultimately, we need to remove the lenses that we see through so that we have a clear line of sight, direct, with no obscuration in between our eyes and what we are viewing. 
then we will be able to make an accurate diagnosis, and that will be done through knowledge once we have accepted truth. And we have the building blocks for knowledge. That's what the grammar and logic part of the trivium is all about. Arrival at understanding will only happen through knowledge and the accurate processing of that knowledge. Taking the blinders off and seeing things as they actually are versus how we want to perceive them or how we wish they should. Okay, we dropped out again for a few seconds. Uh, I got back in right away that time, but I'm not quite sure why this is occurring. And uh, hopefully, uh, um, if it's a problem at Oracle's end, they're taking a look at it. But um, it may simply be uh, my connection here. So... Um, that is very unusual. Usually my connection's rock solid, so I apologize for that once again. Um, going back to initiation, these five steps have generally been observed in every ancient mystery tradition, regardless of what they are, and they're in no particular order. Okay, They all have to really be done simultaneously, and they are stop lying, especially to yourself, stop dreaming, or existing in the state of cognitive dissonance, learn how to think, meaning employ the methods of the trivium and quadrivium and other methods of the discovery of truth. Look at yourself as a truth seeker and learn how to think according to uh, logical and intuitive processes combined. Okay, And then live in the present moment, true present moment awareness, something we haven't really gotten to talking much about, but we will in future weeks, and activating the physical body, meaning get the poisons out and get the good stuff in. And we're going to be talking about food coming up on the show and hopefully bringing on some guests to talk about uh, nutrition and to talk about what we should be putting into our minds. You know, who do you pay attention to? Who do you listen to? What kind of information do you take into yourself on a daily basis? That's just as important as the food that we eat version of this. We talked about what a poisoned version of this looks like, and we also talked about what a um, healed view, a healed worldview looks like. So um, I won't be recovering these three things except to basically say that until we address each one of these within ourself, and this is all something that is an internal work. It's done within ourselves. It's not something we really so much do outside in the world as far as our actions go. This has to do with getting our mind right and reclaiming ownership of our own mind as opposed to uh, giving over our thoughts to all of the uh, negative and poisoned influences around us. So this is part of work that we must do upon ourselves to change how we see things in the world. And if that work isn't done, all of our actions are going to be colored by the worldview that we hold, and therefore they're always going to be geared toward chaos. They're never going to be geared to, to any, uh, uh, any positive um, method for creating change that we say we want to experience in our life. We're going to continue to experience self-inflicted suffering for as long as we hold those poisoned worldviews. When we can abandon those poison worldviews and take on a more positive view of our relationship to others in our world and to the world as a whole, then through that healing process, we're going to be able to create a more positive manifestation in the world. 
And we looked at the two concepts that I call the holy and unholy trinities. This is also all about worldview because if we, if we understand that the real sacred trinity exists within us, and is all about consciousness, and is all about the aspects of consciousness that are at work within ourselves, and we stop externalizing these things, which is what religion, world religions, and also religion as far as what the two great religions that I, I talk about of the two religions of slavery are, they always want to get us to externalize these things, okay? And ultimately, that is attempting to externalize your personal responsibility for what you create in this world. That is ultimately what all religion is attempting to do. Get people to believe that they can somehow hand over personal responsibility for their thoughts, emotions, and actions. And this cannot be done. That is an illusion. You cannot hand away those responsibilities for what you think, how you feel, and how you act. You own them whether you like it or not, whether you want to or not, whether you want to give them away or not, you are still ultimately responsible for those three aspects of consciousness and you can never be separated from them. They can exist in turmoil and confusion and opposition within yourself, but they are always yours. Get over it. That's how it is. And most people see that as the biggest problem in life. They want to abandon these things. They do not want to claim personal responsibility or ownership over these three things. And that is the, the most dangerous problem when it comes to worldview. This is what worldview healing is all about, is understanding that this is what the Trinity is. These three things are what you are actually made of and how you express yourself in the three-dimensional reality in which you live, which is why this these three aspects correspond to our three-dimensional realm and ultimately you need to know definitively that you can never abandon these things in yourself no matter how much you attempt to it's all folly and illusion to even attempt to do that you own these things they are yours while you are in your your body while you're in this manifestation in this incarnation you need to claim ownership of them and you need to take personal responsibility for these three things. Then you need to bring them into alignment and remove contradictions between these things as they exist within you. That is getting to the state of non-duality. No opposition within the self. So we're going to talk about this a little bit more on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is the Happening. Oracle Don't Broadcasting go Broadcasting Radio Network is on. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're talking today about worldview healing. In the last segment, I started to talk about the concepts contained on slide number five on the What on Earth is Happening website on the radio show page underneath the player. The Holy Trinity is that which we carry within ourselves. It is not something that is externalized to ourselves. It is the mind-body-spirit connection. It is our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. And on this slide, you see the correspondences. Our thoughts, 
associated with the mind, arising in the mind, and not specifically the brain, the mind, which is outside of the brain, okay? It, the brain is the physiological antenna or mechanism through which the mind functions, but it is not the mind itself. This is the creative principle or the father of this trinity, the essence of it. Everything exists as thought before it manifests. This is the first hermetic principle, the principle of mentalism, which we talked about in the natural law section. Our emotions, the spirit in which we do our actions, in which we take action in the world, an internal aspect of consciousness that is experienced within. This is the feminine principle as such. And it is the sacred mother of the Trinity that is within us. Our actions is the byproduct, are the byproduct of our thoughts and our emotions. Taken with the body, done with the body, is an externalized principle or a masculine one. And as such, it is the child of our mind, our thoughts, combined, or the father, combined with the emotions or the mother aspect to give birth to this child, which is male. It is a son. Okay? The male child is action. This is the real trinity. And that's where a fundamental worldview shift must begin. If we don't start the worldview shift with the understanding that these three aspects of consciousness are the trinity and it exists within us, it is not something that is external to ourselves. And we need to take ownership and responsibility for these three aspects of our consciousness. Because if we don't, then our consciousness is actually being controlled and therefore we are being controlled through it like a puppet from someone else that we have attempted to hand over that responsibility, the responsibility for these three aspects of consciousness too. And I say attempted because they can never really be handed over to anyone else. We can only say that we want to hand them over and tell someone else that, yes, you have the, the right and, and I am giving you the responsibility for these things, but that will never make it so. And it's a, it's a cop-out ultimately, and it's all about people wanting to stay at a level of spiritual, mental, and emotional immaturity. So the unholy trinity, the exact opposite of these uh, three sacred aspects of consciousness within ourself, is what will all too gladly be willing to act as the receiver of that attempt to give away responsibility and to take, take that, uh, you know, um, those aspects and use them for their own gain and benefit. Um, and of course, it really is an illusion. It's not something that can take those things from us. It'll claim that it can. Uh, we will, in our rush to give those things away, to give the responsibility for our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions away as a people, will claim that, yes, I can give that, I can give these aspects of myself over to these externalized authorities, and people will, will believe that, continue to believe it, but that doesn't make it 
actually real or how it actually works, okay? It's still an illusion. It's still folly. It's still something that you're attempting to do that can't really be done in actuality. It can't be done in the realm of actual truth. In the fantasy worlds that we've created for ourselves, yes, we can give away responsibility all day long. But in actual reality, we always possess responsibility for our own, our own thoughts, emotions, and actions. And that responsibility can never be given to any other being because we own it whether we like it, admit it, want it to be that way or not, irrelevant. So we looked at, on uh, if you're looking at the slides, this is image number six. Last week we talked about this trinity also being related or corresponding to this family of father, mother, and child. And ultimately what controls it all is the dominating father figure, which is religion. And I don't mean the world religions. Yes, that exists as part of this control structure that is in place, but I'm not talking about religions with an S, okay? As far as Christianity, Judaism, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, etc. That's not what this word religion, capital, all capitals, is referring to here. This is the concept of religion. Keeping people back, tying them back, binding them from truth. The concept of getting them to believe in illusions and lies and deceptions in general is religion. Now, will world religions fall into that? As, as a subcategory, sure. We talked about how they're all actually astrotheology in disguise, and the astrotheology is only there to keep people from the real core or seed of truth that is contained within them, but has been completely covered over by all of these cover stories wrapped in astrotheological metaphors that you need to break past, even that esoteric tradition to get down to the, the very seed of truth that lies deep, deep, deep down within them. And that's what dominators have to do is, is veil all of that truth with all of these stories and, and deceptions to get people to focus on things that are external to the self so that they never do any real corrective work, never make a diagnosis, and then never change the worldview and therefore change the manifestation. That's how dark occultism works. That's how it accomplishes its work. As such, they have essentially created all of the world religions. This is the father. This is the old world order. How they used to control things. Direct um, right to rule. It, given to the kings and rulers by God himself, herself, itself, whatever. The divine right of kings, this was known as. Religion as a concept is the ultimate thought control. It perpetuates ignorance because it is based upon belief, not the search for truth. As we've looked at, it is ultimately controlled, as is this world, by a dark occult priest class. And I, I proved this in an image I'm going to put up again, which is from Bohemian Grove, and show you where their mindset is, these dark occultists. Religion's the essence of all mind control, and it was the old world order. Direct rulership over subjects, simply by a claim of authority. And then those subjects subsequently believing in that claim. Money is the mother of this trinity. It's what the system want of control wants to get us to care about and focus all of our attention and energy upon. 
as such, it is the new god. It is the god that is given to the subjects to be ruled by the father, dominator, occult, priest class. That is the religion that they have made to institute their form of control. It ultimately supplants and is higher than all of the world's religions with an S, the little religions. This is one of the slave religion, one of the two major slave religions, capital R. Overarching belief systems and fundamental illusions and false, flawed, fundamental axioms that have nothing whatsoever to do with reality. I call money the ultimate religion because more people believe in it than any other religion on earth. Even authority. More people believe in money than believe in authority. Less people can see through the illusion of money than can see through the religion of government or authority. Government is the child. And this is the pecking order. Okay, it's in order for a reason. Religion is the highest level of control. Money is the intermediate level. And government is at the bottom. It's ruled by money and then by the occultists, the religionists who rule the entire pecking order. Government is based on bodily control, perpetuates cowardice, and is based on the erroneous belief in authority, which is what I'm going to talk about on the other side of this break. We'll be right back, everyone. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're talking about worldview healing. Okay, we're back. I dropped off again. Not Again, not sure why that is occurring. It seems to be happening intermittently. But uh, we're talking about the, gov- the um, two great world religions money and government and these are exist underneath the ultimate control mechanism which is religion which is getting people to subscribe to a belief which has no basis in truth and we were looking at government as the child of the father and mother religion and money And it is based upon this erroneous belief that there is authority in man, that there's authority in human beings, that human beings can set themselves up as the makers of law, and as such, that they can set themselves up as the arbiters of truth. Because natural law is not based on what we think or our perceptions, it's based on truth. It's based in creation. We didn't put it there. The terms of morality are not dictated by man. They can be discovered by man, the laws of morality, but they cannot be made by man. So a lawmaker sees himself as the arbiter of truth because he thinks he can make something moral by decreeing it or make something immoral by decreeing it. We talked in the natural law section about how ridiculous the concept of the laws of man even is. Because if a law of man is in harmony with natural law, it's completely redundant. 
because it's like stating that something is true. Yes, stating that two plus two is four um, is true, but you wouldn't make a law saying that two plus two is four. That's just simply true. You can make a law saying two plus two is three all you want. It's never going to make it three. And people can believe in that law, but if it's not in harmony with natural law, no one is duty-bound or has any moral obligation to believe in it or obey it. Therefore, whether man's law is in harmony with natural law or not, it is irrelevant because ultimately man didn't put natural law into position and he is not the arbiter of truth to decide what is right or what is wrong. He is only in a position to make a discovery regarding what is right and what is wrong. And those things are not changeable. They're not subjective. Regardless of how many people want to think or claim that they are, this is the whole problem with life on earth, is that people think that morality is somehow subjective and not objective. and is not based on objective reality. Natural law is based on objective reality and truth. It has nothing whatsoever to do with opinions, likes, dislikes, anything of the sort. This is what where moral relativism, relativism comes from. The idea that we can make up what's right or wrong depending on what we like, what we're comfortable or uncomfortable with. Nonsense. So we're going to look at how this is all illusion and how to get out of it on the other side. We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I'm going to quickly give calling numbers again. If anybody wants to call in to talk about worldview and worldview healing, call in number is 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. Talking about the illusions of religion. And I mean the great religions, not the lesser religions. I'm talking about the real belief systems that are holding humanity back from evolving in consciousness and ultimately they are money and government or the belief in authority which is ruled ultimately by the belief in money because as we know financial institutions control governments but what are the financial institutions ultimately controlled by and that is a priest class and I proved that last week according to their own worldview, not mine, their own worldview, proving their pecking order and their hierarchy as they have set it up. With the image I showed at Bohemian Grove, which I'm going to analyze again today a little bit more in depth, we have to understand the illusion of these belief systems and get out of that illusion, realizing that they're simply fake. There's nothing else really to be said here. They're false. They're based on complete lies, deceptions. They're based on claims that have no basis, have no fundamental rooting in any facts whatsoever. And as such, they need to be abandoned. 
We need to say no to them. Apophysis means saying no. Removal of that which is harming us, which is acting as a poison, getting it out, getting rid of it. That's it. These aren't systems which need reform. They are systems which need to be abandoned because they are poison. They are based on poisoned worldviews that cannot help us. Not that they just don't help us. They are not capable of doing any good in the world. And that's why they're called illusion, which is why I want to pause here on slide number seven for a moment to get into the green language of the word illusion. And this is a concept many people dismiss completely, think that there's no basis for it, don't understand the power of words, the power of language, the living dynamic of language and words, and will dismiss the power of the actual ways that we speak a word and the actual vibratory energy that comes out of our mouth when we speak it, what we're actually saying, and how this works out in English above all other languages. That's why English is the ultimate green language or what has been traditionally called in occult schools of thought the language of the birds or the bards because it's an angelic language. It's a language that is telling us truth through the vibratory energy of the words that we are speaking. If we only quiet our left brain analytical mind enough to see the pattern, illusion is the word ill, us, and ion put together. Ill is being sick, having a sickness. Us means all of us, the collective group of humanity. An ion, an ion is a charged particle, meaning the energy that is within us is sick because of illusion, because we are in illusion. And I on, if we then extrapolate I O N and take the I, okay, to mean either I, myself, the higher self, and on, which is a word that in the ancient world meant light, okay, the light within myself, within all of us, the collective I of all of us is ill due to illusion. And again, People, I understand, not everybody thinks that green language is real. Again, that will never make it not real, okay? Because words have intrinsic vibratory energy. And they're telling us something all the time. It's just, are we receptive enough to hear it? So that which ills us at the place of the eye. Eye on, as we saw, was a word a green language word used to, in reference to the all-seeing eye. Consciousness, the internal aspects of consciousness within us. When someone was awakened, when someone had the light within themselves turned on, they would call that the opening of the third eye. The Ajna Chakra, if you will. The balancing of the brain hemispheres coming together to activate the pineal gland and to activate the entire brain holistically and then activate it at the prefrontal cortex, which is the center of conscience and creativity. Turning the eye on 
So illusion is that which is making us sick in the third eye. And that's exactly what illusion is. And it, you could see it in the word, right in the word. All you have to do is write it down on a piece of paper and break it down. And then look at the components and we'll see what you have. That's called green language. This is occult language. And scoff it at it all you want. Scoff at it all you want for those who think that words don't work like this. We're constantly being told. I'm going to talk about the concept of being told what is going on and continuing to ignore it. A powerful experience with that late in this week. But let's look at image number eight quickly to show you that these illusions are at the very front, forefront of humanity, taking people to a place that they have no idea where they're being taken to, and it is the dark new world order, the brave new world, as the occultists like to call it and look at it, okay? And how they see themselves in this pecking order. This image number eight on the website here is an image from Bohemian Grove in 1904, posted online by, I believe, a family member whose uh, elder father was an attendee at the Grove, at uh, the uh, Bohemian Club, attended in the late 1800s and 1900s, and then sub subsequently died. These images were found and posted online. And they did a service to humanity by doing that. Because it gives you an insight into the dark occult worldview, which very few people ever have the experience of having, even at this level, let alone at the level I experienced that dark worldview at, by being a part of it at a very low level. But this is how the psychopath's mind works. It is shown in the image behind them, taken in this picture at an artist's encampment at the Grove in 1904. And the image behind them on that big long banner shows you how they see each other and how they see their control system in place. And I hear the intro music, so we'll analyze this image on the other side in the next segment to show you, to give you a glimpse inside the mind. That's what we were looking at before the break. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, another drop out there. But um, we were looking at the image of the Bohemian Grove, okay? the This is all about getting out of erroneous belief systems. This is all about getting out of religious thinking, which is based on belief, not facts, not truth, belief, okay? We need to abandon Abandon the ideas of, re of money and government. These are the world slavery religions, as I call them. Not based in fact whatsoever. Based on erroneous beliefs. 
And the dark occultists are all too happy to tell you that they are in total control over these religions. They invented them, as a matter of fact. And the image that we were beginning to look at was from Bohemian Grove, and it was slide number eight on the What on Earth is Happening website in the radio show section. And if you look at the banner behind the individuals at the Grove, these occultists that from as early as 1904, you'll see on the right-hand side of the image, these are sort of primitive hunter-gatherers or nomadic peoples. They're living in harmony with the land. They're using only what they are able to gather on any particular day, the idea of give us this day our daily bread, not hoarding for more, using what they can on the land, but in a state of balance, which is really the way that we're pretty much meant to exist in the world, in a state of equilibrium with nature, not in a state of domination over it. And they put them as the most backwards people on the earth. They're the people at the very back who they need to lead out of their delusional ways, when in fact it's the exact opposite way. But um, in front of them, you have the uh, farmer, you know, who's practicing uh, um, animal uh, husbandry and, you know, uh, agriculture, okay? Then in front of them, you have the masses, okay? So... You have the slovenly, lazy people at the very back who don't want to be do anything, basically, who don't want to be brought forward. That's the image of the fat man there, okay? Then you have the extremely poor and destitute. Going forward, you have the middle class and then the aristocracy, okay, the cultured people with money. But they're like, I guess you could say the nouveau riche. They're not really, you know, bloodline rich. They're not old money rich. But then there's a disconnect. And in front of them, you have the three religions. Okay, you have the two great religions out in front and then the leader of them all, religion itself or the occultist, the dark occultist himself. We'll get to that in a moment. Out in front of that ballerina character there, you have the strong man which shows you the pecking order. Government is just above the, the masses of people controlling them as a religion that they believe in and think should be in place. But they're telling you this, this institution represented by the strong man who represents the police and military or government in general is only there to institute, to insulate the um, two leaders of this of this uh, train, so to speak, okay, from the rest of the uh, the members on board that train that is being led by the two leaders, which is money and the occultist himself. Out in front of government or the strong man is the man carrying the cash. He's the banker. He's the financial uh, arm of this control system that represents money in general as the second great world religion. So you have these two overarching world religions clearly controlled by the occultist who is the man in the black um, uh, uh, coat and tails and the black top hat, okay, at the front 
who is being shielded by his slave with the umbrella, and then he is being heralded by the herald out in front, who is announcing his coming, announcing the birth of his great new world, his new world order, the dark occult new world order. Right there in that very image, they're telling you the control structure of the world out in the open, blatantly, hidden in plain sight in in an image, in a painting, telling you through symbol. They're becoming increasingly more aggressive that they're almost willing to come right out and tell you through word. They rarely do that, but this is one of their primary methods of communication. And yet, I could show this image to 50 people and hardly anyone will be able to even analyze that image and tell me what it means, with very few exceptions. There are some who can see it upon looking at it, but very few. And what I was getting at, uh, beginning to get into before the last break was that these religions are just claims of being true. And then it requires people who are willing to give away their ability to think for themselves to accept and believe in this claim. So authority is the best example because it is clearly a false claim. Nobody is the authority or master of another person unless you believe in slavery. You know, well, if you believe in slavery, I would just suggest, suggest that you're just simply a completely wrong and bad human being. Because you're saying that someone else is allowed to own another living person as property, as their property? You know, that's about as immoral as it gets. And that's what all claims of authority are. You must obey me, otherwise I'm allowed to commit violence, which is saying you're my slave. I can do violence against you if you disobey. Let's face it, that's the ultimate That's ultimately what authority is. That's what it's about. It's saying, I'm in charge. You're going to do what I say. If you don't, I'm going to do violence against you. If you attempt to disobey. That's all authority is. So this is a claim that is made. It's false. No one is a ruler of another person. No one does have authority over anybody else. And it's a claim made by individuals who are psychopathic and who actually believe themselves to be arbiters of truth. They believe themselves to be lawmakers, that they can state something and then it can become true. Not stating something that's already true and saying, yes, I've discovered this truth. It is, in effect, in the natural realm, but saying, well, regardless of whether things are a certain way or not, I can speak this and then it becomes true. In other words, they're saying I'm God whether directly or indirectly in one form or another that's what they're saying and this be- this belief in them as themselves as the arbiters of truth this claim needs a believer on the other side to act as a subject and we'll talk about that in a moment we'll be right back folks Okay, we're back, everyone. Looking into worldview healing and specifically the concept of illusion. 
the first method of initiation, stop lying to yourself. We need to get out of the belief that the great slavery religions of money and authority are true. That is an illusion. They are based on complete fantasy. They don't exist in the natural realm. And we need to abandon them. And we need to understand how these psychopathic this psychopathic ruling class thinks of themselves as arbiters of truth, that they can make up reality. That reality isn't something there to be discovered. Truth is not for discovery, but it's for them to speak it as the gods of this world. But that claim of authority requires a belief in it. And that's where worldview healing comes in. Because for as long as you're willing to stay in the worldview of believing in authority... You're always going to be enslaved. For as long as you're willing to stay in the worldview of believing in the system of money itself, it doesn't matter what form of exchange it is. As long as you're willing to believe in the system of a proxy for energy instead of something that is energy itself, you're always going to be enslaved by that system because that is the invention of the dark occultist's mind. They put that system in place. They made it. They invented it to set themselves up as the gods of this place. So as long as you're in that system of belief, you're one of the bricks in the wall. You have to smash that worldview. It has to be abandoned. There's no easy way of saying it. Apophysis is not easy. Saying no is not easy. Admitting you are wrong is never easy. That's why most people continue to stay in this system of enslavement. They can't admit that they were duped and that they were wrong. And I think two great allegorical movies for people to check out about this entire process of being wrong and having to atone in some form for all of the erroneous ways of your thinking and acting is one, the Star Wars trilogy. Okay, specifically, if you look at the very last aspect of it, uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi gets into the whole concept that the father of this matrix, you know, is the one who's the, the Dark Lord, who's following the system of fear and control, you know, the, who, the represented by the Emperor. Vader is the father figure, okay? an occultist, a lord of the Sith, following this spirit of fear, the emperor himself. And he doesn't, he's, he's like, a, a, he's become psychopathic. He wasn't born as a psychopath, but he, he's a secondary psychopath. And he never backs off until he realizes that he is murdering his own child. That this system itself is murdering its own child, his own child. And my internet connection dropped again, folks. I uh, apologize again. I'm going to have to look into this. It may be on my end, and uh, I'm going to have to look into my setup here to figure out what's going on. But uh, moving along, I was talking about the Star Wars trilogy and, and Vader being a representation of the father figure of control and you know, putting his son into this system of enslavement. And finally, and he you know, won't back off until finally he realizes it's going to kill that which you know, is flesh and blood to him. And that's the moment he develops a conscious. And that's, you know, what 
I think we're going to have to go into as a people uh, with this, the people who back this control system and believe in authority are going to have to realize that un until they understand that they're putting their children into permanent bondage and enslavement, they're probably not going to back off. And as I was saying, even then they may not because um, they, you know, um, their ego has them to the extent that they can't admit that they were wrong which is what this is ultimately going to require. That's what a shift in worldview requires, is admitting that you were wrong about your formerly held worldview and being willing to change it. Another great movie about uh, making this shift is the movie Equilibrium with Christian Bale. And uh, if you watch Equilibrium, um, it shows you a in a world where emotions have been outlawed, the sacred feminine is illegal and punishable by death. You know, one of their... Um, one of their enforcers in this enslavement system, when he realizes it affected his wife and children, finally wakes up in this matrix of control and then uh, has to do what he deems is right and necessary in order to bring this system down. And he has to go through the process internally of changing his own worldview and admitting he was wrong. So I highly recommend the movie Equilibrium. Uh, in general, uh, regarding the myth of authority, I would highly recommend the book by Larkin Rose, The Most Dangerous Superstition, that goes through extensively and covers how the entire belief in authority is all illusory. So um, that's, uh, that's what I wanted to say on um, authority in general. And regarding cognitive dissonance and how difficult it is to get out of it, um, no better image comes to mind than the book 1984, another great piece of allegorical fiction, okay, in which the people all convince themselves that the exact opposite of what they really want, which is peace, freedom, and strength or prosperity, are the exact opposites. So their slogan was war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. And they actually convince themselves to hold those contradictory ideas in their minds simultaneously. The people of that uh, Ingsoc society in the book 1984 by George Orwell. So listeners of this radio show are probably familiar with it, but anyone who isn't should definitely read that book. Maybe I'll post the PDF to, uh, to the website along with maybe some uh, other um, uh, uh, parts of uh, allegorical works of allegorical fiction that display these concepts. But 1984 is something everybody should read to understand how cognitive dissonance works in a population. And if we're ever going to come out of that level of cognitive dissonance, we ultimately must stop lying to ourselves. We must stop telling ourselves that government is not violence enforced at the point of a gun. Telling us that the believers in government and the believer, people who believe themselves to be lawmakers do not consider themselves as arbiters of truth or in other words, as God on earth. We can only seek truth and discover it. We can never create truth. Truth is pre-existing. It is that which is. It is that which has happened. We can discover it and we can state it, but we cannot make truth be something different, be something that we say it is other than something that it already is. Understand that. That is part of worldview healing. Okay, so one other thing I want to talk about before we get to calls in the next segment is um, another aspect of worldview healing, which is getting out of this paranoia-based thinking that everything, every single thing is bad, every single 
person who is trying to re- reveal truth in any way is an agent of the system it's himself or herself. This is delusional, paranoid thinking that is based on unhealthy doubt and unhealthy skepticism. Doubt and skepticism can be healthy. Uh, I've always said, question everything. Don't believe anything. Do your own research. Discover truth for yourself so you can understand it. Somebody can tell you what they've discovered, but they can't make you understand that. When you do your own research, then you can really understand it and integrate it into yourself. But thinking that everybody is an agent is paranoid thinking. And where this comes into play, the uh, reason I bring this up is because so many people are talking about this movie Thrive as if it was something bad or some kind of a, uh, uh, a, um, a putting people off the path. And I don't think anything could be further from the truth. I think Foster Gamble did a great job. I think there's more he could have went into and told. But for what he told, he did a great job. People talk about the one-eye symbolism on the Thrive movie poster and the V in the, in the Thrive word itself, you know, forming a chevron shape. Uh, we've already talked about these symbols and what they really mean. The one eye is a symbol for enlightenment and coming online and awakening. The V is a symbol of the sacred feminine. These are ideas that Gamble is trying to express and put there deliberately in symbolism so that people pay attention to this movie and take in its ideas and then act upon them. He did leave out the dark occult because I don't think he wanted to scare people off. But I think he knows about it. We'll be right back for the last segment and your calls on the other side. Welcome back, everyone. This is the last segment of What on Earth is Happening for the year 2011. This year flew by, 2012 coming up. Will it be an age of awakening or destruction? That is ultimately up to us and whether we can come out of the illusions that we are under as a species. Beginning of the year, uh, the end of the year, I should say, you know, moving into the beginning of the year is a time uh, traditionally for reflection and to make resolutions and here's where the word the power of words come in again you know we need to get back to a solution which is what a resolution is about will we be resolved to create creating a true change within ourselves that will then be reflected in ex- externalized change in the manifested realm in which we live ultimately getting out of illusion is the ultimate solution it is about abandoning preconceived, deeply held beliefs that do not serve us. And that's ultimately what worldview healing is all about. Okay, so the last thing I want to say is regarding this um, unhealthy skepticism, this everyone is an agent thinking, uh, you know, which was applied to the movie Thrive and Foster Gamble himself, who I think did an overall excellent job. You know, I would like to see him get into talking about the, the world of the dark occult and this hidden priest class uh, being at the top as opposed to just financiers because they are not at the very top. There is an occult class that rules them and guides their actions as well. So um, that is something I'd like to see him get into. But w- barring that, 
the movie was excellent, and that's why I'm going to show it at the next Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary night, and I think it's a film everybody should see, and it's something that is excellent for beginners because of the very high production values and clear methods of explanation that are employed. Specifically, I love the way his uh, wife made her case of how she uh, came to understand this information reluctantly in the film. Uh, and that can be very powerful toward, you know, family members and uh, especially toward women who sometimes uh, will struggle with these concepts, uh, especially if they're in a family and they don't want to expose their family to how deep the rabbit hole goes and how dark the nature of this information is. I see it in, met with members of my family all the time. So uh, her role in the movie was particularly exceptional, I thought. And um, I definitely recommend the film. So... Uh, that having been said, another aspect of worldview healing that people cling on to is the, like perpetual infighting. In, it goes hand in hand with this overly doubtful and skeptical and paranoid thinking. Uh, and no better example than uh, Alex Jones. People constantly try to accuse this man of being an agent, while he may not be 100% totally enlightened to you know the entire control mechanism. He sees it largely for the most part okay he may still believe money is real he may still believe government is real we need limited government i personally may disagree w with that but that doesn't mean i can't respect what he has done and all the work he has done and and he's woken a lot of people up to the psychopathic nature of this control system specifically this past friday i'd like to comment on something he said on his show he said that if you really know what the the dark new world order is you really know who controls it and what, what it is ultimately about. And it is about death. And he's dead on about that. What do they really want? They want death. And I, I can't overemphasize that. It's not just about control. They are antithetical to life. Antithetical to life itself. And ultimately they are agents of death. That's what these dark psychopaths who are currently in control want. They are an abomination against life itself. Okay, and he got that dead on, and he said to not, to not tell people the truth about this system or fight against it, would actually require the most insane form of courage that exists. And I couldn't agree with that more. What what people who are truly exposing this because they've seen the depths of evil inherent in this system, they're almost not the most brave people in the world. The people with the most crazy form of bravery are the people that may see this system and do nothing. To expose it or talk about it and get people to understand what it is because they're actually standing up against the force of creation itself and I wouldn't want to be in that position ladies and gentlemen woe unto those who are in that position and that's something everybody needs to think about and reflect upon what are we individually doing to help reverse this system of enslavement and to get people out of these erroneous ways of thinking. What are each one of us doing? How are we taking personal responsibility? And Alex also said that's why he does what he does. Just to warn people that this is what is out there. You were told, you were warned. And that resonated very strongly with me. This was all, I think, in the last segment of hour number one of his show on Friday the 16th, December 16th. And uh, when I was listening to it live, I went immediately after the show was done back into the archive and downloaded this show because what he said in that segment resonated with my heart. So, you know, 
somebody doesn't have to have every single aspect of the picture to really get it in general. They can be wrong about certain things and still get the big picture about what's going on. Okay, so just attacking somebody because they say one thing you don't like to hear and then calling them an agent or you may not agree with, you know, is paranoid delusional thinking. And it's one-dimensional thinking and we need to be more mature about that and get out of it and realize everybody's bringing to the table the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that they happen to have. Not every single person is going to have every piece of the picture. Some will have more than others. But just because someone doesn't have certain pieces of the picture you may have doesn't mean that they're an agent for the system of control. Okay? So, finally, um, let's, let's go to uh, the, the phones. So, here we go. That's really all I wanted to say. When we come back in next year, we're going to be um, really uh, getting more into solutions-based approaches, and we're going to start talking about what we really need to do with the physical body as well, because that's just as important as the mental and emotional aspects of this, about understanding how to get out of illusion. Sometimes, you know, the the physio, physiological and neural part of this can be as challenging to break, and that's what's holding back our development in our thoughts and our emotions as well. So what we put into our body is vitally important and that's going to be a big part of what we talk about in the early part of next year. So let's go to the phones to uh, wrap things up for this year. Here we go. Mike in New York uh, couldn't think of a better caller to help take us out in the year 2011 as we look forward to 2012. Mike, how are you and what do you have for us? I'm doing great. Thank you, Mark, for taking my call. Uh, and I'd like to thank you for another year of great dedication and truth. Uh, w- uh, the, the biggest problem that with these two main religions that you talk about, uh, their end goal is the destruction of oneself uh, through through the physical dis- by your, by destroying oneself internally, externally, and through the system. The main reason why people get caught up in that is because they usually they have trouble discerning uh, the the mind from the soul. <clears throat> and I think because of that, it usually leads to mass confusion within one, oneself. Uh, and it usually leads to serving just the body. So I'd like everybody to uh, try and balance <clears throat> and find a way and uh, between all three and to master that aspect of oneself. Because if, if you know oneself, if you know thyself, you can, you then are enlightened with the power to do the things externally that you never thought uh, possible before. That's absolutely correct, Mike. And part of that that you mentioned is the identification with the lowercase self and the physical body is always going to hold people in fear of what they have to lose or, you know, how they may be hurt or, you know, what uh, what position or status they may no, no longer have in, in this three-dimensional reality, which they think is so real and is the ultimate reality. It's all about making that fundamental shift in worldview and recognizing what is not ultimately the true basis for self. The true basis for self is not matter, is not the physical aspect of of us. That is a part of us, but it is not the essence of who we are. The worldview, the fundamental worldview shift that I'm talking about ultimately comes from getting out of that 
identification with the lower self and toward the understanding of the higher self, which is that we are not the matter. We are the spirit that is the animation of this matter that is actually um, in control of those three aspects of consciousness that we need to take responsibility and ownership of, our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. So, Mike, uh, that is just a great point. Do you have, do you have any other points that you want to make here? Uh, well, yes, I'd like to everybody, you mentioned reflection. Uh, that's a big thing that uh, really helped save my life in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, without spending a, a couple months even just reflecting, uh, even spend 10 minutes. But, you know, I urge everybody to do that. Brilliant. Know the self and you will know the universe and the gods, ladies and gentlemen. It is all about the internal work that we need to do upon ourselves to change our worldview and as a result, change our world. That's all we have time for, folks. We'll see you next year. Stick around. Chris Everard is up next on Oracle Broadcasting.